Marcella Hansch, CEO of the Everwave Foundation, and I'm the host of this podcast. In our last episodes, we were honored to be joined by Professor Dr. Martin Fisbeck, oceanographer of the Geoma Helmholtz Centrum, then Dr. Matteo Kries, director of the Vitra Design Museum, as well as Louise Holloway. She is co-founder and director of the Energy Endeavor Foundation. In today's podcast, we want to explore the question of whether sustainability is more important for young people than high wages. Do companies with a sustainable mission act like a magnet for young professionals? And is there possibly a connection between character traits and job research preferences? Join this podcast episode to see what the answers will be. pleased to have Professor Thomas Dohm of the University of Bonn in Germany as my guest today. Together with researchers from Dutch universities, he has recently published an interesting study on how the sustainable mission of a company influences the pool of applicants. Welcome, Professor Thomas Dohm. Thank you for the very nice introduction and thank you for hosting me today. You're welcome. Um, you are a professor at the University of Bonn and Maastricht University. What is your area of expertise and how did you get there? Please tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, maybe I start with um, how I got there. Um, so currently I'm also spokesperson of the Cluster of Excellence eContribute, Markets and Public Policy. And before I moved to Bonn, um, I received my PhD from Maastricht University. And then I spent um, five years at ISDA, um, that's an institute for labor economics in Bonn. Thereafter, I became professor in Maastricht and was also director of a research institute on education in the labor market. This was called Rua. And now um, that tells you a bit already about my fields of interest, namely education, the labor market. And I'm particularly interested in research on economics and psychology. That is also known as behavioral economics. And of course, I do combine uh, insights from both lines of research. Specifically, um, I focus on the impact of character traits and preferences, including social preferences on, on labor market outcomes. And one example is that research that you mentioned in the introduction, namely how the mission of a company affects who is attracted by the firm. Yeah. Thank you for the introduction and the insight in your CV and your work already. And yeah, you mentioned uh, the study, which is really, really interesting. And that's the one, obviously, we want to talk about today. So we will deep dive into the results in a minute. But first, can you explain what is behind eContribute and the publisher of the study? Who is the ones who are the actors? Yeah, eContribute is a um, joint initiative of the universities of um, Bonn and Cologne. And our goal is actually to advance a new paradigm for the analysis of markets and public policy, in particular in light of um, fundamental societal and technological challenges. So um, digitalization, climate change, global financial crises, to just name a few. 
And we are convinced that these challenges cannot be fully understood by um, relying on traditional economic approaches. And therefore, we um, widen our perspective and we basically propagate a new paradigm that has a more comprehensive and innovative approach that considers new objectives and new tools. And Econtribute is um, funded as a class of excellence within the, German, uh, within the framework of the German excellence um, strategy. And it's actually the only um, cluster that is funded that has a focus on economics. So um, <clears throat> what is the goal of this um, German excellence strategy? Yeah, the excellence um, strategy is um, a funding program of the federal government and the lender. And that was installed to strengthen cutting-edge research at universities. Probably also, I'm convinced that they initiated this to make um, German universities also competitive on international level in terms of high-level um, frontier research. And that um, excellence strategy has two funding lines. One is um, clusters of excellence. These are groups that work on particular topics like our cluster does and universities of excellence. Great. So um, when we now look at your study, there are participants and When I got it right, it was also like a lot of students involved. And when we asked to, to indicate in a personal ranking which job they mostly uh, like to choose, additionally, the researchers ask about economic preferences. And you always mentioned, um, already mentioned the personality traits, the correct traits. When I remember when we started EverWave as a nonprofit association, like years ago, we got a lot of volunteers. A lot of students um, who just wanted to be in the project, who wanted to help us, and they were just working as volunteers. So they never get paid and they did a lot of work uh, during the week and for a couple of months. So how did the study come to be and how did it involve? How did you get the volunteers or what is the character traits of these people? Ah, uh, yeah, that's an interesting idea that you're mentioning. That is actually um, an idea that, that we had a long time ago when we um, thought that people are attracted not only by wages, but also by working conditions, by meaning of the job, by a mission of the company. And um, so in previous research, we had already um, looked at how particular types, personality types are attracted to particular working conditions. And what you're sketching is exactly correct. So pro-social people like to work in jobs where by performing their job, they already do um, something that is good for society or good for others. So particular altruistic people like to do these jobs. And that was certainly something that we had in mind when this idea was born. That was actually born in 2012, a long time ago, really, when we basically teamed up with um, Dutch um, technical universities and um, employers' organizations in the fields of science and technology in the Netherlands. And then we filed a large funding proposal. And actually, um, the idea of um, the employer side that was involved, they just were questioning how they could attract and retain people in um, the technology sector, in the high-tech sector in the Netherlands. And so what we brought to the table said, yeah, we have to probably take a broader perspective. And it's not only about wages. It's not only about um, job security. And so um, together with these um, employer federations, we basically um, try to get a notion of what is important in these tech jobs, what characterizes these um, jobs in that sector what are important aspects of the job design and so on. And in all these um, conversations, we basically try to uh, limit that to a, a set of job attributes that we wanted to test and see how um, graduates trade off these job attributes. Now we are thinking about things like job autonomy, teamwork, or whether the company has the mission. So that's actually how it all started. 
And um, since the Dutch technical universities were on board, um, we had access to the students. By the way, we also teamed up with um, students' organizations to see their perspective. So what they thought is important for their jobs. Yeah, so we are, uh, you were talking about the Netherlands. Um, and from my experience, um, the Dutch people are much more open-minded. Um, regarding architecture, for example, they were much more willing to consider sustainable aspects way earlier than other countries did. So um, what do you think? Is there a difference that Dutch students or Dutch university were involved in the study or is it the same like everywhere? Yeah, I agree. The Dutch are certainly modern and open-minded and um, we just have to look at the lifestyle. You also mentioned a few things like architecture. Um, if you look at um, cities like Rotterdam, then um, they seem to be, you know, always ahead of us in, in terms of architecture and other things. Clearly, um, that is certainly the case, but you have to keep in mind that the Dutch universities are very international. So also the technical universities where we recruited our master's students, they are also international. And in, in fact, in our study, there were only um, 62% of the participants were Dutch. So we have a large, large group of international students also in that group. So our results uh, would certainly also travel to other nationalities. And um, I can also tell you that we recently did another study among job seekers in Belgium and uh, did a similar choice experiment and, and also found that people there value the mission of a company a lot, particularly sustainability issues. Yeah, That's a good point, actually. And can you briefly explain what criteria were used to select the participants? Because you said they are international, they are students. Um, so how the study was structured and how it was conducted? Yeah, that's a good question. We actually um, wanted to look at um, people who are thinking a lot about making a job choice. At the same time, we wanted to recruit uh, individuals who do, would not suffer from status quo bias in the sense that they are already working for a company and reason from the current job. And, and of course, we had a focus on the technology sector. So therefore, um, it's natural to, to go to um, the next cohort of uh, labor market entrants in that sector, which are graduates from master programs. So therefore, we recruited uh, master students from the Technical University of Eindhoven and the Technical University of Delft, who would enter the labor market basically in the next year who were at the, at the moment of the study really thinking about what kind of jobs they would consider and how they would value different jobs. Yeah, so I'm curious about the results because um, even in my, my, my company and, and our nonprofit and um, the, the company um, we founded, we really realized um, the feedback from the team that they really are completely into the topic that they are really into um, what to do, what to do in their daily lives and that it yeah, should be meaningful, that it should have like a sense in their lives, not just sitting on a desk eight hours a day, but yeah, making something for the future. So uh, they are really looking for meaningful jobs and that this observation fit with the results of your study? What is the impact, the mission of the people, the mission of the, uh, the companies and yeah, what is the motivation behind it? Yes, absolutely. I mean, the key finding of our study is that um, mission matters. And maybe in, uh, I tell you in a few sentences actually what we did and how we identified this. But maybe before I say that, mission really matters. And we looked particularly on focus on innovation or a focus on sustainability or corporate social responsibility. And that really attracts these students into these jobs, actually to the extent that they are willing to forgo wages to work in such a job. 
But maybe let me um, kind of explain how we try to identify this. So the way that we did this is actually we, they took part in a survey and as part of that survey, they conducted what we call a discrete choice experiment. And what does it entail? Well, it entails that we offer them with three different job descriptions. And these job descriptions differ along um, eight dimensions in our case. So we try to reduce that. Of course, jobs have many more dimensions, but we focused on the ones that we identified as the most relevant ones for um, these tech jobs. Um, that is, of course, the salary, job autonomy is important, uh, teamwork, job stability is an issue, um, but also we varied the mission of the company. So we offered then sometimes a job where the um, company has a sustainability mission and other jobs that didn't have that. And people had to make um, five choices where they had to rank three different job descriptions. And since we varied these job attributes, we can identify how they make this trade-off between these different attributes. And thereby, we can then calculate what is the probability that somebody accepts or, or selects into a particular job when there's a certain um, constellation or bundle of attributes that is offered. And that also then allows us to calculate how much wages they are willing to forego. So we can actually express their valuations in monetary terms. So that's actually how we, how we try to identify this. And what were these attributes? So what were the most things the student want to have in their future jobs? Well, um, as I said, they um, were eight dimensions. Salary is, of course, um, a very relevant dimension. We basically offer jobs that had as a reference point. So the reference job had the regular starting wage of jobs in the tech sector. And then sometimes you offered jobs that paid two or 300 euros more, sometimes two or 300 euros less. We also varied um, whether people work in teams or not, whether they work in the R&D department or more in the sales department whether the job is stable, i.e. whether there's a chance that the contract is permanent, so basically unemployment risk. Then we varied the um, uh, mission of the company. So it could be that the job uh, was at a company that had no mission or that had just a profit orientation or that it was at a company that really has a focus on sustainability. And then we randomly um, basically selected these attributes And people had to choose the jobs they prefer in the comparison of these three jobs that we offered them. So workload was another one. Performance pay was another category. Yeah. Okay. And did you see any difference um, between men and women? Because when I look back, um, actually, we were more or less equal. But I think we had always a little bit more, <laughs> more women working as volunteers. So what was your experience in that case? Yeah, exactly the same. Exactly the same. Um, Women um, are even more attracted by, by companies that, that have a focus on social responsibility and sustainability. And that actually goes beyond, and that, that, I think that's the important result, that even goes beyond differences between men and women in terms of pro-sociality and altruism. So from other research, we know that uh, women tend to be more pro-social than men. So on average, women are more pro-social, more altruistic than men, and altruistic people are also more attracted to these um, jobs at firms that have a sustainability mission. It's of course also true that women um, put more, uh, slightly more emphasis on um, job stability. Um, women also tend to be a bit more risk-averse than men. Men tend to be a bit more competitive and more um, you know, selfish or egocentric. 
enhance um, value salary and, and individual incentive pay a bit more than, than women. But for our purposes, for, I mean, the main result, the focus on the mission of the company, I should say the, the most important insight is really that pro-social people are predominantly attracted by companies that have that mission. And women are even, even if, if they have the same level of pro-sociality of men, even more attracted to these companies. So by the way, that's actually super interesting because it basically means that by the kind of package that you offer, so your mission, your working conditions, you attract a particular type of people. And that obviously also shapes your work culture, right? So it's not only you, it's also your colleagues that are different in these companies. Definitely. You mentioned the colleagues. Um, from my um, work as an architect years ago, it's not just the colleagues, but also the building. Did you have any experiences with that? Because um, when I'm thinking about my work, what we did, we were, um, I was building like new office designs. So we were working with teams. We did workshops. We asked, what is the best surrounding for you to work? What do you want? How do you feel sitting in a big office? How do you feel sitting in a single office? Um, was there any experience in the study um, regarding this point? What is the building? Is the building like um, showing the internal values also to the outside? What is your experience with that? Oh, that's a fantastic point. That was not really part of our study, but um, that became clear when we talked to people, both to students, but also to, um, to people in these companies. Um, architecture seems to be extremely relevant. The way that buildings look from the outside, but also from the inside, already communicates or could communicate the value of a company, values of a company, you know, what they stand for, what their vision is, what their mission is. So whether they are very open-minded, whether they're future-oriented, whether they put emphasis on sustainability, you can even uh, already see that if you look at the buildings. And so by the architecture of the building, the company can already convey important values of the company, which is important really in signaling to the outside world what they stand for. And, and we have seen that this is important for the way that people make choices. And then I think there's another aspect that I would also underline from my own experience. I mean, architecture clearly determines how people work and in what kind of conditions people work. And that seems to make a big difference. Think about the difference between small individual rooms versus large open office buildings, right? So the work culture would already change by that. And that must have an effect on people's mindset. Absolutely. When I think about my first job, I had like two options um, to work in a small office with like single offices, really with a door and a floor, like, you know, that from the past. And the other one, which was really modern, open space with a lot of connections. And I choose the second one, of course, because it was just, yeah, the feeling was so much better. And even the teamwork was much stronger because um, we could see each other. We, you have like short ways. You don't have to knock on the door, open the door. Sorry, can I disturb you for a moment? You're just waving and say, hey, I have a question. And I think um, even the work changes a lot. And even the mindset of the people, because they get much closer to each other. It's not just because of your desk. It's just because of everything around. Like um, from my point of view, it's really, really important. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. It signals what kind of um, work culture people want to have, basically. So it will um, certainly have an impact. So architecture is, that's probably worth a, a study, really. Um, but we haven't done that yet. Uh, <laughs> So, but it's super important, yeah. But it's just one aspect of working conditions and they seem to be important in general. So we have talked about mission a lot, 
I also mentioned a few monetary aspects of the job, which are also working conditions. We mentioned teamwork. Um, there are so many other aspects. And we have to realize that individuals do not only value wages, but the entire set of working conditions. And by offering these working conditions, you also attract a particular type of people. And that is important for shaping your company's culture. So I think firms could do a lot when they really um, carefully think about what they want to signal. Every firm has a particular goal and culture that they want. And by really signaling to the outside world what these values are by the work conditions they offer, they could attract the right people to these companies. Absolutely. The company are the people. So it's really important what kind of employees you have, what's their mindset, because that's the thing for the future of the company. Definitely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I had one thought on this uh, recently. That is, we, we basically in that, in that study find that people are willing to forgo wages to work in a company that has this sustainability focus. But that also means that this, these companies have a comparative advantage in the, in the labor market. They have a competitive edge in attracting people. I'm not saying that they should lower their wages, but they seem to be more attractive for, this, for a given wage. So that also means um, the flip side of this is actually that young workers or workers in general also have some implicit power on guiding firms to what should become their goals. You know, firms are largely profit maximizing. And of course, if they realize that they can fare better if they have sustainability missions or focus on sustainability or corporate social responsibility, they will certainly invest more in that yeah, because it, it will become important in the competition for young talent. And so that, I think that's another very interesting uh, insight that you could, yeah, that our study indicates. Yeah, Absolutely. And the young talents are the most important uh, thing for the future because when the company are losing the young talents, then the company won't have any future because um, at some point there will no... No one coming uh, after the old ones. And um, yeah, that's also what I learned um, when we were working with the clients. We had some, some the older people were like really, yeah, not stuck in their old offices, but they were afraid of these open spaces. They were like, oh no, I need my single office. I need to work. But um, then we, we just helped them to get into the new, yeah, new structure. And they were really surprised. They were like, wow, I never expected working like this and in, in a new way, but they were completely changing their whole team. And it was so cool to see that even like the older ones who were completely stuck in their old structures were changing. And um, I think this is really important, not just to focus on the, on the new ones, but also not to lose the old ones, but to get them all together. Yeah, I agree. But sometimes it could be a bit dangerous. And I tell you why I think that this is the case. So because when you just mentioned different cohorts of workers, then of course, um, these older cohorts, they um, selected into the company for the given working conditions. They liked to work at these companies for the conditions that the company offered at that time. Now, if you start changing them, you have to be careful. These new working conditions have to be aligned with their preferences and their values. If that is not the case, they feel left behind or they, they basically suffer and they need to be compensated for that. And we sometimes see that in, for instance, in the teaching sector, if you would introduce um, incentive pay there, we had this discussion years ago in the Netherlands, then you would attract different teachers that may or may not be good, but those who are there who value job stability, secure income streams and so on, they, of course, don't like that as much. 
and there's then resistance from the, these crowds. So you have to be uh, companies also have to be careful when they change important aspects of their working conditions. They really have to make sure that these are still aligned with the interests and values of the incumbent workforce. Yeah, and it's always important to get the people into the strategy to, to make them together with them, not just to put it in front of them and say, hey, this is a new strategy, but to get them involved in the process and everything which is going to change. Yeah, definitely. So you were wor mostly working with engineers, but do you think the study can also be transferred to other professional fields? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Actually, um, there's no cumulative evidence that this is also the case in other fields. So um, there are several other studies that do quite similar things now, particularly on job meaning. There is now more and more research and um, it crystallizes that in all kinds of sectors, meaning is extremely important. Of course, meaning, you know, what is meaningful for, for people can differ across people. That's That's for sure. So we haven't really teased out what kind of particular uh, motives are particularly important in particular sectors um, that may, may have to be done. But I also mentioned earlier a study that we did with um, job seekers in Belgium, in the Flemish part of um, Belgium. And um, there we basically find that across the board, so these are, these are people looking for different jobs in different sectors, but they all value um, sustainability and corporate social responsibility of the companies. We did a very similar experiment there. And what was surprising there is actually that the amount of income they are willing to forgo is also in the same ballpark. It's, it's very comparable to what we find in our study. When I saw our results, I was super surprised that this um, effect was so large. So um, what would you now, um, after your study, you got the results. Um, so what do you recommend to those companies um, who want to hire young professionals, young talents, um, whose interests correspond to the corporate mission? What do you think? Yeah, I think the first um, obvious insight is that you have to make very clear that you communicate these things that are important for the company in your job ads. So it, it doesn't help if um, a company that has a mission on innovation or on sustainability doesn't communicate that in the job ads. If the job ad is only about um, salary and career development and other aspects, but not about these aspects that are important to the company, then of course, how should people know that, right? So I think um, that that is one important insight. And I think firms should also feel encouraged by the results that this pays off that it's worth mentioning these things. And by the way, many companies already do that. So they have sensed that already. So there's hope for the future and hope for the, for the young people, young graduates. Really cool. Yeah, really, really interesting um, results. And as my heart is like definitely for the sustainability, um, I'm really happy for these results because um, I think it's really going to change like even the economic system for the future. This is, I think, the most important part that even the economic system is um, changing for a sustainable future. So for those of our listeners um, who are really especially interested in this topic, is there anything you'd like to provide to offer a link, a book, a podcast or any other study um, you could recommend? Well, there are many, many, many good um, studies on that um, subject. I could certainly recommend the eContribute podcast where we tackle different topics, but also um, research of um, colleagues of mine at eContribute, for instance, on food labeling and the effects. Um, 
that people become more conscious um, in consumption, that they are ways to, to um, be more resource conserving in consumption. There are all these kinds of intervention that works. And I think what is also important, um, there are a couple of um, studies now also at eContribute where they show that we should communicate that there is valuation for sustainability, that people are also willing to contribute to, say, um, resource conservation, to fighting climate change. Because um, I think one important message is also that we are, that's another line of our research, is um, that most people are conditional cooperators. So they like to contribute to something if they know that others also contribute. So it's important that all of us know that we are not alone, that there are many other people who are also willing to um, invest in a sustainable future. Great. So thanks a lot um, for this great talk. Um, is there anything um, you would like to add? We didn't talk about anything you would um, just say to the listeners again. Well, I could now add in many, <laughs> many, many things. Um, I can imagine. Um, I think the most important. Um, I think the most important points of our study are really that we show that job seekers value more than just income. And that by offering a, um, a nice package or the, that, that offering the working conditions that fit to a company's um, culture and mission is very, very important. And that companies should be open about this. And there's also hope in the sense that if that happens at a larger scale, that companies advertise and see that that gives them a competitive edge in the labor market, that actually the attitudes of individual workers can also shape the jobs that are offered. And I think that's a very important insight. And um, to me, um, that gives hope for future. Great. This is like a completely perfect closing already. <laughs> Thanks for that. So um, it's really exciting how how to see the important, um, the sustainable um, direction of the company is, um, how important it is for the future, what influence it has on the, on the work culture. Also, the architecture part, uh, which was not part of the study, but we figured out what is um, really, really important for the people. And especially in times yeah, where we have a, a shortage of skilled workers, of skilled yeah, young, young talents. Um, and this should be another reason for companies to rethink some things, um, for rethink their strategy. And I think for companies, um, it is also an important insight that by offering certain work conditions for applicants with their desired character traits, they can be found and they can be get into the company for the new future. And um, what is the most important thing for the end, I think, it's that we all have to be together for sustainability. So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining this podcast and for the great talk. Thank you, Professor Doman, and um, nice to talk to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.